When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. Fantastic Formula One race today the austrian grand prix with mercedes not cleaning up like they have been all year long and max Verstappen, <laughs> you said that with a smile on your oh face. my gosh yeah I, I don't hate mercedes i just were ready for some different names at the top so max verstappen wins the race ahead of charles leclerc then valtteri botas sebastian Vettel, lewis hamilton in fifth and lando norris after him but yeah guys uh, let's continue this discussion that we had in the pre-race show and and that that this we needed this race as a sport, we needed a great race today. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, either way, it was a great race. Yeah. Um, Verstappen. Oh, cool. 512-643-5483. Give us a call and tell us what you think of today's race. And, but yeah, we, uh, it was, we watched this coming, guys. We watched it with, I think it was at least 25 laps to go. We saw the possibility with the, with Verstappen having tires that had 10 laps less. They all went to the hard tires. And they had 10 laps left. And what about Sebastian Vettel going to the soft tire, though, guys? Remember that towards the end of the race? He actually lost the position to Hamilton and then got it back. Think about that. Remember when he did that? When he first uh, when he first went to go get the soft tires, I thought, oh, he's just going for fastest lap. And But then I said, wait a minute, he's lost position to Hamilton. Are those... Are their computers that good where they're going, they can go back and get that position back, which is what they did, which is what Vettel did. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's an astonishing it's an it was an astonishing race for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one, the tires. Two, uh, the track itself, as you said, Les, before the start, was always going to be tight, twisty. Uh, it's a short, short circuit, uh, and and it tends to throw up unusual racing. That's the best way I can describe hey, it. Hey, you know what? We got a caller on the phone, and I love this because you know how we always tell drivers. Whenever we talk to him, call anytime you want. Call the show. Well, we got a race driver on the phone. There you go. We got Jacob Abel. Jacob, welcome to Speed right. City. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you. Ah. Um, yeah, it's good to be here. Good, good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for calling in. Jacob Abel and me were hanging out just a week ago out in, uh, out in Pittsburgh. And uh, Jacob is currently fighting Dakota Dickerson in the Formula Three Championship, um, the America's Formula Three, exactly. Yeah. And is the uh, and is uh, well doing pretty darn good. Why do you tell us what's going on in in uh, in your world first, and then we'll get to Formula One? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's going pretty well. Um, obviously, we we unfortunately lost the points lead last weekend. Um, Pittsburgh didn't didn't go quite to plan. Um, still walked away with a couple of third place finishes though, which was which was really good, all things considered. Um, it's really just tough, tough this season, just because it's sort of we just have a single car effort um, going against, you know, four car efforts like like Global Racing Group with Dakota Dickerson, and and they have a bunch of really good drivers there, um, and they can all sort of feed off of each other. Where it's just over over at our operation, um, Able Motorsports, it's it's just myself, unfortunately. Um, but but yeah, it's still going really well. We've been lucky enough to get a couple of wins this season, um, and now we're sitting second in points um, within reach of Dakota. He had a really good weekend at Pittsburgh. I think won every race. So 
So yeah, big props to him, but, but yeah, we're still chasing him for sure. Well, well, Jacob, uh, I I hope you got to see the Formula One race today because it was a good one, and uh, I just um, so yeah, it's really cool to see them see them up there, and and yeah. Hey, so uh, what about the the position that Charles Leclerc was in? And I, I I'm certain at some point in your racing career, you've been somewhere similar where you see the guy behind you coming up, and you know he's in this case it was a lot fresher tires, he's got faster pace. Uh, you know what's running through his mind right then. Yeah, so I was actually in a similar position. Um, I think it was race two in Pittsburgh. Um, we were struggling for pace. I wasn't holding on to the lead, unfortunately, but I was battling pretty hard to hold on to third. Um, and you're just sort of, you just sort of got to keep your head down and try and try and make as little mistakes as you can. And, and unfortunately, he just sort of got outpaced. And, and Max got got to use the DRS, I think, and and got to the inside there. And he really made a good move. I think. I think Charles could have backed out of it a little bit sooner, and 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 if he did that, maybe had a chance at an over under. Um, but unfortunately, just just misjudged where Max was a little bit, and and they got tangled up a bit. And, well, let me let me. So you think that that, that that there's no fault then to uh, Max Verstappen because it's still under investigation as we speak. Yeah, you know, honestly, I feel like if they give Max a penalty for that, um, it's going to be a, a big a big mess. Um, but no, I, I really do think it was it was no call should be made. I, I think it was a racing incident. Um, I think Charles just sort of sort of misjudged where Max was. If I was in Charles' position, and I mean, it's, it's hard to say this. I know it's easy, it's easy to say that say that you'd do the right thing, but, but I feel like if he could have just backed out of it a little bit sooner, because Max went a little bit wide anyways, I think he could have cut back under him and maybe passed him back in the next corner. Um, but yeah, he just sort of tried to hang on to the outside there, and I, I just don't think the, the spot was there. Well, you know, I think with the tires coming together like that, it really could have done a lot of damage to both cars. And I, you know, in in, in meanness, I was almost kind of hoping they'd both go out right there <laughs> to really shake matters up. But that's so risky to uh, for Max to do that and put himself in a position that, you know, if, if Charles doesn't back out or give up, they're going to collide just like they did. I'm, I honestly think that was incredibly risky. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it was definitely a risky maneuver, um, but but at the same time, Max was charging through really quick. Um, he was a really fast driver. He knew he had to he had to get forward, and he was running out of race. So, he, I mean, at that point, when you're a driver, you know the, the famous Ayrton Senna quote: "If there's a gap and you don't go for it, um, you're no longer a racing driver." But but no, I think I think yeah, it was definitely a risky move. Um, but but at the same time he he'd gotten a lot of passes and, and he'd been charging through the field really quickly and I, I think he was confident that that he could make it. Hey Jacob, we've got another caller, but I want you to stay on. You're a race driver, you stay on. I, but I want to get Dan from Ohio on the phone and get his take on this too. Hey Dan, how's it going? You're pulling yourself this morning. Ah, uh, doing good. So what'd you think of the race today? Oh, it was the most exciting race of the year. Yeah. Hey! Fortunate. It's unfortunate we have to wait and see what the final. Hey, Dan, you're breaking up really bad. Can you hold on just a second? We'll, and just give us a call back right back and uh, so we can hear you better. But So I think uh, what Dan was asking, what I could make out, was we're having to wait and see what this investigation comes out to True. Will it be seconds? Again, you know, one of these things, are there points? Yeah, and here's another one. Kevin Kelly just tweeted at us, friend of the show, and he said, how about a three-grid spot penalty for the next race? 
I mean, yeah, I think most people want to see nothing, right? They want to see this, this contact. Another tweet at us that said, look, contact is inevitable. And look at Touring Cars GT Racing. If F1 gives a penalty, it's another step backwards for F1. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I think most people want to see nothing. But Racing Room wasn't left. I know, I know, and, and we do yeah. have we do have to have rules, but still, man, you know, you you gotta have you gotta have racing though. And if we don't, if we call it every time, there's never going to be like like Jacob just said. You're not they're not going to go for the gap. They're no, not going to go for racing. I'm with you on that. Problem is, this is mid season. Are we going to quit enforcing that leaving racing? It's going to be hell of a second off if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, that's we're true. Put, uh, yeah, we're going to play rugby the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while Jacob's still on the line, I, we we discussed this a little bit um, in commentary at Pittsburgh, and, and it's certainly something you're dealing with now. And we saw very evident in the Austrian Grand Prix uh, that sort of dirty air situation and that. Um, situation when you've got a lot of downforce uh yet today it was almost reversed which is once you were uh, close enough and the drs helped but just explain to our audience what that difference is about how when you catch somebody you, you know you they even told um they even told um uh, norris to kind of keep ricardo in the drs zone but d- yeah. explain explain how that works when you're racing jacob yeah so it's actually it's it's kind of a shame, um, it, but it's it's something you just have to manage. Um, so so these cars have huge wings on on the front and rear of them, obviously. Um, pretty much all formula cars, open wheel cars do. Um, and you and you start to get it, and when you're going faster and faster and faster and driving faster cars. Um, so they they have this downforce, and and if you think about it, if you have a car in front of you, they're punching a huge hole in the air. So it's giving you that draft, which helps a little bit, but at the same time, they're punching a big hole in the air so it's it's taking that air off of your wings and making them not work and not be as effective at all um so it kind of makes it difficult and you gotta you have to really look to time your passes and and stuff like that because you you effectively lose a bunch of grip when you get closer to someone so yeah so basically the whole thing is about timing and, and effectively dive diving into a situation where you can make an overtake yeah 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 and and luckily in f1 they have they have things like DRS, which, which obviously help. And unfortunately we don't have something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, yeah. So it, it makes for, for really interesting racing. And I think that's one of the reasons that Max sort of third and a little bit late there um, with that in the back of his mind and with the dirty air there that, you know, he might not get an opportunity again, because it's very easy once you, you can be driving up someone from 10 seconds back and catch them and then get within a second and a half of them and just sort of stall there. And it's, it's very easy to do. You sit in racing like formula three um, and, and a bunch of other junior levels of racing and, and it happens a bunch and it's really unfortunate. So that's, and then you can sort of get into sort of, you start following the car in front of you and, and sort of start following their line instead of sticking to your own line. And then you sort of just get stuck in that, in that dirty air behind them. Whereas to Max, Pretty much as soon as he caught him, just went for it, and I, I really respect that. All right, well, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good ah, defense. Yeah, yeah. To well, the stewards. Hey, let's bring a couple of callers. Uh, we got a couple of callers. So let's bring some. Uh, Dan's back. Hey, Dan from Ohio. Uh, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. As I was saying, it, it, it was the best race of the year. Yeah. Uh, but having having to wait and see what happens, if anything happens from the stewards, is is yeah. What's bothersome? What do you it's think? Really bothersome. I thought it was a good pass. 
I mean, you have, you have to be able to race, and it wasn't anything. He didn't turn. He didn't turn into them. They were both side by side. So what are you supposed to do, let off and let the person go? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and but it's close. I was just going to say it's close enough to where no matter what, you, you have to let him race. You said it. I said it earlier, but you got to let him race. Oh, absolutely. But what's really concerning about the race is what has happened to Haas. No, no. In the U.S., it's like how – I mean, three, three – Three inches. How did they not that they how did they catch that? But how do you allow that to happen? Yeah, I agree. But such a great qualifying. Yeah, but there 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 may be a bigger story here. I mean, like uh, what happened after they started racing? There uh, once again, the Haas team just looks miserable all of a sudden. These last three races, it's just. I mean, again, the the beginning of the season they were qualifying great and race pace horrible and i thought they were getting a little better about that they had got a few points and now it's just they just look miserable in the middle of the race they yeah they do and it's not even in it for the points or it's i i don't i just the too early for a driver change or um i don't, I don't know something's got to change that's interesting you say that <laughs> uh because uh i don't know if you've watched the netflix uh series but in that you see um how Haas went through all of this last year effectively um especially with grosjean um but they chose to stick with them both drivers and i think obviously with magnuson his form has just gone from strength to strength grosjean's gone up and down though he's 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 had some effectively had some help some some counseling if you will um but but he has come good and they just went for consistency which i think was a smart move for a young team that that took a risk with them when they started but you might be right now which is do they start looking to the future uh, the car is competitive they've got the ferrari engine times are moving on and there's people like ocon on the sidelines and there's also people like jacob abel who's on the phone with he us he right is now. thinking i could Jake, do that i keep waiting for jacob to go hello uh i'm hello. here how <laughs> <laughs> old are you now jacob driver <laughs> I'm 18. There you go. 18 years old. <laughs> That's you bring old. Bring up now. a young driver, save on salary, and you put it into the car. There, there you go. go. Yep. There you go. <laughs> hey, Jacob's Jan. up for not, that. Not saying, oh, look at this. We got Jacob. Ne- we got Jacob negotiating at the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, Dan. Thanks for calling in, buddy. We appreciate it. I appreciate you calling in. Hey. hey have a great day. You thanks. too. All right, let's let's bring another caller in. We got uh, how much time we got? Well, you know, we'll, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll take a couple more calls. You're listening to Speed City uh, live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. 
See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Before we jump back into it, I want to talk about DriveHimalaya.com. These guys are a new sponsor in Formula One, and the reason that they chose Formula One to sponsor and the reason that we're so excited about them is because what these guys do on an engineering level and a level of detail rivals what goes on in Formula One. What they do is they take the incredible heritage of the Land Rover Defender and they bring it into the modern era with amazing drivetrains, amazing suspensions, transmissions, motors, everything. And then and then the interior and the paint and everything, the wheels, the tires, that they take a classic Land Rover Defender and make it an amazing modern machine. But it still has the look of the of the incredible Land Rover Defender 90s and 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 so on. And they are an, an amazing vehicle. And you have to check them out at drivehimalaya.com. They are kind of unique in this world, also in this world of these new hyper. You know, I, you know, we we hear supercars and hypercars. Well, this is this is like a hyper resto mod. <laughs> and they have they have they say unique because they've got stock ready to buy right now. And if you go on their website, you can check that out. But really, we're so excited to have these guys and as a sponsor. And you, you need to go check them out because it's a really, really unique vehicle. And, you know, if you, if you want to treat yourself to something unique and incredible, check them out. DriveHimalaya.com. All right. Well, we have a, a couple callers on the line. We still have Formula 3 racer Jacob Abel on the phone. But we got Dave from Florida. Dave, thanks for holding on, buddy. Gentlemen, that was the single most exciting race I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> hands down. Hands down. Uh, got me fully believing in Formula One. My wife was glued to the TV. Good. Um, and was telling me how excited she is to actually go see in person now. So I think that's exactly, I mean, after the last two weeks, that's exactly what you want. And, you know, I don't know what the steward's decision is going to be, uh, but I think they've really got to evaluate whether they're racing for the stewards or whether they're racing for the fans, because if they're really trying to turn this into something big especially here in the u.s you, you got to have that sort of uh that sort of drive and you know i'm not a, a gigantic max verstappen fan uh but what he did today was was absolutely gutsy and you know i think anybody with the drive to win like that kid got is going to do that every single time and um man that's that's the kind of racing that, that makes it exciting you know, I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of uh, magazine features, etc., about the future of Formula One and how to change the sport and whether they should change the sport and how they're going to change the sport. You know, put price caps on it, get it better racing and so on and so forth. All because the rule changes come in in 2021. And it's at the uh, behest, if you will, or it's at the responsibility of Liberty Media, an American-owned Colorado-based company uh, who now paid $8 billion for um, the right to own Formula One. They bought it off Bernie, Bernie Eccleston and they are changing the model uh, bit by bit. And I think this today is a good example and I think you just you know, put it on the, uh, you know, on its head there, Dave, exactly that, which is they've got to make decisions to make this uh, uh, achievable here in the States. It's got to rival NFL. It's got to rival NBA. It's got to rival the soccer, full stop, women's and men's, uh, yep. for excitement and entertainment. And... 
you know, I think this is something that, like you say, are we racing for the stewards or are we racing racing for the fans? And 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 it's an easy answer to it's an easy question to answer, really. No, I completely agree. And you know what this week really kind of brought into focus was uh, that there are other teams that are competing. This isn't just a Mercedes and only a Ferrari. That you do have Red Bull out there. That you've got uh, Renault you know, making a drive for things. And, and a lot of these young drivers, I mean, did a, just a, a fantastic base. You know, most of the TV coverage was obviously of the most exciting Leclerc and, uh, and Verstappen uh, battle. But there was a lot of battles going on throughout the entire field that were just, I mean, really entertaining the entire time. And I really would have loved to see what happened if, uh, if Vettel hadn't had that extra time in the pit. I mean, he could have yeah. ended up uh, even even beyond where he ended up. So uh, it was it was just, I mean – my wife was kind of rolling her eyes at me early on, and then uh, next thing I know, she's on the couch, completely glued to it. She's like, oh, okay, I get it. And I was like, yes, this is unbelievable. Hold my three-month-old son, and he's just staring at it, too. So it was, uh, it was great. It was a good way to spend a Sunday morning for sure. Happy household. I like to hear. You're creating fans one at a time in your own household. I love that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely three right. months. Well, that, that could be a young driver. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. I'm too old to get into it myself, but hey, you never know. Maybe we've got a young one in the making. Well, here. that's what Anthony Hamilton did with his young son, and it seems to be working out. <laughs> yeah, if we could get that sort of success, I think uh, my retirement plan is probably set at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thanks for calling in, buddy. We All really right, appreciate guys. it, and, and I'm so excited you're, uh, you're getting into this sport. Yeah, man. Thank you. Keep up the great work, guys. You're doing wonderful. Thank, thank you. Thanks. All right, we got another caller. We got uh, another David. It's David from uh, Arkansas. Hey, David, how's it going? Hey, happy race day, gentlemen. Thank happy you. race oh, yeah. day. Now, almost like a happy Christmas, man, with that race today. <laughs> Christmas comes early. It, <laughs> it does. You know what amazes me is how Ferrari finds a way to shoot <laughs> themselves in the foot. No kidding. Weekend and week out. Yeah. It's um, unbelievable. You know, the guy, the left front tire changer has got to be some member of somebody's family because he stinks. <laughs> Somebody oh, else's yeah. family. <laughs> some, some kin of somebody in Red Bull. He, he's not but. leaving Austria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you what, he's carrying all the equipment. That's for dang sure. But um, somebody needs to retweet yeah. that. You had one job, you know. I mean, <laughs> one job, you know one what? tire, one tire. Right. I don't blame I don't him care. though. The communication should be there within the whole entire thirty-five people. Well, that and you know, Ferrari. I think they brought Charles Leclerc in way too soon because he was still holding pace and there was no need for him to cover Botas. But, you know, you know, it's still a second lost in the pits. You know, might have won in the race. Uh, yep. I've, I've always been a little critical of Max Verstappen, even though I've respected his ability. But what, what I don't understand is, you know, you've got the DRS, you know, just wait one more lap. And you pass him on the straightaway. There's no reason to have done that. But I guess that's what makes him a winner and <laughs> makes me running second in the SCTA. I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do. You know, honestly, the, I've got some sympathy for those thoughts because he is always known as a, as a really aggressive driver. And, and, and far too often, yeah, you, you weigh it up and you wonder, well, what? I mean, it's interesting because we've got Jacob on the line, Jacob Abel on the line. And, you know, the, the, the line is if you see a gap, take it. Um, and on the other side of it, uh, the other argument would be exactly that. He had the DRS. He had the time to do it. There was plenty of yeah. you know other opportunities um, it's it's a tough one. It really is. Yeah, I would like to know what Jacob, you know, I, I have great respect for him as a driver. If, if it, he would have even considered in that heat of the moment 
to wait another 30 seconds to make a clean pass, or is it just about getting by when you can get by? What do you think, Jacob? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yes, I think he probably could have waited a little bit, um, but you obviously go back to the, to the dirty air and, and all that. And I, I feel like it's just, you know, if the opportunity is there, it's something you, you really got to take. Um, and, and at the same time for the sport, I think, I think we sort of need someone like that. We need, we need mm-hmm. someone who's aggressive and, and always going to go for that gap. It sort of, sort of mixes things up a little bit and adds a little bit of drama to things. Um, but in terms of just the driving aspect, yes, he probably could have, um, could have waited. Um, but that's one of the unknowns as a driver. It's, it's, okay, if I can do it now, I know I can do it now, probably. It might be a little bit risky, but I can I can sort of squeeze in there versus maybe maybe he makes a mistake and then Leclerc gets a run and then it's, it's all over there from, from Max. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough one for sure. Well, hey, David, you're, you're calling from where? Uh, I actually live in Mena, Arkansas. Arkansas. Ah. Well, you know, that's really not that far from Austin. Uh, how about a pair of tickets to come see the United States Grand Prix right here in Austin in November. Hey, you would make my day even better. All right. Well, All you right, got it done. then, buddy. Well, uh, tell you what, David, thanks for calling in. Hang on the line, and our producer will get your information, and we will see you when you get to Austin. Boom. Hey, uh, sounds like a great day to me, guys. The drinks are on me when we get to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you on. haven't seen us drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching. We'll, we'll, we'll share in Jacob's champagne because you might be coming, Jacob. <laughs> Thanks right? a lot, David. Hang on the line, buddy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see about that one. Yeah, in other words, what I say maybe is that F3 is still uh, oh, potentially going to be on the undercard. It's still up in the air because they had a small field last year. So, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, it was up for debate, but we've had really strong fields this year. Uh, it's still a brand yep. new series. Um, so hopefully, and uh, Jacob, if you don't race, come and join us in the booth. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Carl, Carl sure. Kurtwood I, did. To... He called Verstappen's yep. move up the inside at, at, at um, 18 a couple of years ago. That was cool. And see what we did for him? Yep. I mean, we're going to take the credit for that, right? <laughs> Jacob, <laughs> right, I, I, yep. while I've got you on the line, I want to talk a serious subject with you that we had um, just at the beginning of the show. We were talking about young Americans like yourself, um, but your team, Able Racing, races both in the FIA Formula 3, uh, but also on the road to Indy. Um, and that, and again, that's just another outlet for both yourself and other members of that team. Yeah, so, so my teammate um, in the road to Indy, uh, Parker Thompson, is a really, really impressive driver. He's been around the road to Indy for a long time. Um, unfortunately, has not won a championship yet. He's just had really bad luck. I mean, he raced USF 2000, I think, just his second year in USF 2000, actually. He was racing with um, the the really famous and, and really successful uh, Cape Motorsports. And he was with them, and then, unfortunately, just in the last minute, he, he like, he literally had to get like 10th in a race to win it. And he got like 11th. So, so it's really unfortunate for him, but, but yeah, back to the road to Indy and, and F3 for that matter. They both have a ton of, ton of really good young Americans. I think, I think that we can see potentially making their way to F1 and. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, so what are your plans for the upcoming future here? Yeah. So, I mean, um, we're just going to finish out these seasons um, in F3 and, and a partial in Indy Pro 2000 um, and see where that gets us. Uh, hopefully move up the ladder a little bit, maybe to something like an Indy Lights or, or maybe even something in Europe or, or maybe even as much as 
something in sports cars um, here in America because there's a, t- a ton of opportunities in that. Um, so really anything would be would be awesome. Um, I'm, I'm definitely open to suggestions. Um, <laughs> we need no. a Formula One star, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. That's it's definitely difficult, but you know I'm I'm definitely open to it. If Les, you if, know the guys at Dell. Just call call Dell and <laughs> yeah. say, yeah, right, right. So Jacob's number. <laughs> And yeah, well, Jacob Abel, thank you for coming on the show this morning. It's yeah, fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant insight. What a great insight to have an open wheel racer. You're racing in the Formula 3 America series to get your insight on what we just watched today in Formula 1. Fantastic, Jacob. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure. See you at VIR, buddy. You bet. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. That is cool. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, we got to take a break and uh, we'll be back. And we got another caller on the line. Hang on the line, Andy. We got you on the line. So, hey, you're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Austin's Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. And we have going to go straight to a caller because we got, we got Andy P, regular caller. Hey, Andy, man, what'd you think of this race, buddy? Boys, when this sport gets it right, it sure gets it right, doesn't it? Man, that's, I was thinking about you when you called about a month ago. It was one of the races, was boring race, and you said, okay, new fans, if you watch this race, just hang on a minute, hang on. Hang on. There's going to be a good one, and I thought about you today, Andy. Yeah, this, exactly. This, this sport gives it to you when you least expect it. This is clearly the race of the year so far. Um, it had pretty much every element you would want in a good race. Uh, good, fun, interesting, exciting start. Um, good strategy calls. Some mistakes on pit stops. Some bad strategy calls. Um, <laughs> Ferrari being Ferrari. At, at the, for, yeah, that well, that happened again too. But I mean, <laughs> just everything you would possibly want, and a wheel-to-wheel bang, uh, you know, collision for the race win. Yeah. That's everything you want. Yeah. Yeah, true. Ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? And and as of now, we're, what, almost an hour after the end of the race and no stewards to mess it all up yet. So we'll see what happens. But I take it you have no qualms when, with, with Mr. Verstappen then? Uh, no, I don't, because the way I see it, he'd already established position even on the inside. 
And once that's the case, isn't doesn't that become his corner, and then he's entitled to the racing line? Good point. Pretty pretty hard to argue with that. The other the flip side of that argument is you must leave racing room. But and he did for three quarters and maybe eighty percent of that corner. But I still go back to once he establishes that position, that's his line, and that's what I would. If I'm him, and I know he's going to probably go into the room in a little bit, that's the argument I would die on. Yeah, fair enough. And, and you know what? Okay, so let's think about this. Everybody's talking about the rules. We got to follow the rules. We got to be consistent. The rules. The, the whole this is a sport. This isn't we're not governing a country. We're the 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 people that should set the rules are the fans. We're the ones that are paying for all this with our viewers, with our viewership. So I'm thinking, let's you know, I know you shouldn't change the rules, but but if there is any room for error when looking at something like that, then you error to the side of the fans, right? Because this is what every fan wants it. Do you I haven't seen a single tweet, a single anything, no caller. No, nothing that says, oh, well, I think we should follow the rules. You tell the English fans that when uh, Diego Maradona scored with his hand in the World Cup final, in the World Cup finals, uh, you see, you know, when there's cheating, there's cheating. You can't, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but all the fans agree with that, though. That's what, what I'm saying is all, I know what you're saying. all the fans agree, all are saying right now that they don't want the stewards to interfere with another race. I agree. Yeah, Andy, what about uh, what about your boys at McLaren? Boy, they are on the charge. This is I, I'm I'm so having much more fun watching <laughs> not only the battle today, the battle at the front, but the battle in the midfield is just amazing. Lando Norris getting P three for about five thousand yep. of a second there was, was you just haven't seen that in a long time. I oh, know I let Carlos Tommy Sainz overtook what fourteen, fifteen cars today on track. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes want to, you know, say Carlos isn't really the good. I think Carlos is going to be a really solid driver. And I agree, Jonathan, with a lot of your point. I think Lando has the potential to be special, like Lewis Hamilton special. Yeah, I really do. And I, and I, I tell everybody that uh, wants to listen, uh, go go to look at his record. It's incredible what he did at the Toyota Series at Formula 3. Uh, in karting, I mean, he is almost a, a replica of Hamilton's upbringing when it comes to to racing. He always wanted to race for McLaren. He's racing for McLaren. Um, he took, oh, they took a gamble on him in some ways because he's so young. Um, uh, he's out qualified, Sands, and as you say, Sands is no fool uh, and had a brilliant race today. But he was ellipsed again by another brilliant race by Norris. And and I, the, the confidence this kid has is Verstappen like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and very little fear. Nothing really tends to phase him. You know, you, you had the, the, the whole grid drama yesterday where it was the fourth or fifth and he was tweeting about it. And, you know, he sat back in the car and I, the, the shot to me is actually from last week when they were playing some song on the thing and he's in the car head bopping. <laughs> I just love that. That's, you know, that's, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. The, the only person I think who is as cool under pressure is Colton Herter. I would tend to agree with that. That's a very good assessment. Hmm. Hey, I saw a tweet. I was trying to find it just now, but I saw a tweet earlier by F1 right after the race ended. They said that this is the youngest podium by average age in history. Wow. wow. That, yeah, that would make sense. That's pretty cool, right? How old is Botas? I was going to say, yeah. Well, he had, he's, Has he had some Botas? <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're here all weekend. <sighs> 
Uh, any other any other spots of the race that you, any other you know fights and battles anything else Andy that come to mind for you? Not, nothing huge. I mean, I would just say this that you know it, the whole stewards decision. It, it's kind of reminding me of a little bit of like the immaculate reception where the refs <laughs> kind of looked at each other and said touchdown Pittsburgh and ran out of the stadium, you know? So I, I'm kind of hoping that that's going to be how it plays out. But that anyway, is a great a, analogy. I love it. <laughs> that's perfect. It, 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 was, it's a, it was a great race. This is why you watch the sport. New fans come on board. The goal is to, to, to bottle this up and send it all over the world. And they're coming here in October and it's going to be great to see. Yeah. No question. Yeah, no question. Yeah, it's, you can't reverse certain pieces of sport, can you? No, not when it, not when it's good, not when it's like this. I like this tweet. Uh, JW had just tweeted us. He said, this is what F1 Racing needs. He said, not because I'm a Dutchman. <laughs> he said, if they give Max a time penalty, there will be riots. He does smiley face that. He said, I wish at the Orange uh, I wish I was at the Orange campsite right now. Man, how amazing was that to watch? The Dutch fans. Yeah. I mean, that, that the, the whole I was amazed at what percentage of the stands were full of orange. It was really cool. All right, well, Andy, if uh, if you got nothing else, buddy, we appreciate you calling in and um, of course we'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, you guys have a good one. All right, thanks, thanks for calling. Andy. Yeah, guys, I you know, I'm I'm ex- I'm kind of exhausted because I was <laughs> on my feet most of this race watching and yep. and counting laps and looking at tires, strategies and watching up and down. This is this is what, you know, this is what we love this sport for. And I have to say, you know, when you look ahead, it's a long way to November, but there's a lot to, you know, let's face it. Hamilton is probably going to win the championship. Bodas is probably going to come second, but there's so much more now to Formula One, and in terms of the intrigue, and I think the, you know, uh, the the more people get into it and understand the midfield battles and understand the rules and understand, um, you know, what's going on, it, it just it becomes more and more exciting. Um, and I think by the time we get to November 1st uh, to the 3rd for Formula One here in Austin, I think it's going to be a cracking, cracking race weekend. I saw a couple of things that I want to bring up. One stat that popped up on the screen, it said Lando Norris was one years old, one year old when Raikkonen finished <laughs> finished, here, uh, finished fourth here in, at Austria in 2001. How about that? Uh, wow. Talk about up and coming. I there wonder if he go. spat his dummy out that day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we I don't think we've mentioned this. We didn't talk about Verstappen's start to the race. Yeah, what, I know. What the heck happened? Oh, yeah. He obviously That's, had uh, his auto stall come on, but... Yeah. Yeah, that was something else. But you Brain know, fart? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, his RPMs definitely appeared to be low on the replay. And so, you know, question that, or was he trying to overcompensate for what you know is a very soft and hot track? Well, yeah, I thought about that. That's a good point, Les. Martin Brundle was saying that what happens if you don't get enough revs, um, the clutch automatically engages again so that, yeah. so that you don't stall it. But and that's what we kind of saw was that he let it go. There wasn't enough revs. The clutch went in, and he then had to rev it up to get going because he didn't it. stall it. But uh, yeah, yeah, terrible stuff. That's what it sounded like when they did the replay. I really think that was indeed the situation. There is he just RPM management. They are already you know highly sensitive to the temperature and the compounds everybody's running. Hey, so what about y'all? Forgot about this part, right? Remember fail code five. 
uh, fail code three. Well, whatever it was, fail code whatever, right? Well, when... what's fail code five? Oh, that's like <laughs> DEFCON 4. Oh. But with a little bit extra. That's like the trifecta, right? Uh, well, well, remember, well, I, we thought Verstappen was, was done. We thought it was good. Yeah, we so th- what do you think? You, you had a theory on this. What do you so think my, it meant? My thoughts are a couple of things. Uh, it may have been a uh, redundance system that they went to when they said fail code five. In other words, uh, we, we used to see it on some of the uh, endurance cars that they would have dual ignition systems on the sports cars. And if one of them started failing out, the driver could flip over to the other ignition system and keep racing. Okay. Not have to come in for pit. Possibly something like that. Yeah. Or in a case that they identified, you know, the other idea I have is they may have identified that there's a sensor not acting right because all the other data that's coming in says it's fine and this one says it's failing. So they may have turned off a sensor that was given bad data. It's a it's a very similar thing that NASA deal with all the time. If you watch that Apollo 11 yeah. uh, movie the other week, um, that was exactly it. They had a sensor failure and they had a, a hydrogen leak on Apollo 11, and they and they 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 circumnavigated it. Well, you you know what it reminds me of is in the in the old days. You remember the the movies where they go or airplanes back in analog days? They go tap it. Tap it and see if it's actually bad. You know, is the light on and they tap it, tap it, tap it, and it goes off. But Les, those are actually... What do you make of this? <laughs> that's actually really brilliant, Les, because I bet you that's what it was. Because when you heard the guy... Well, there's nothing wrong with the car, was it? No, <laughs> obviously not. And when you heard the engineer come on the radio, he just calmly said, fail code five, yeah. or fail code three, three, and just said it and didn't say, fail code three, oh my God, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, it wasn't Ferrari, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I bet you that's what it was because the car was fantastic and finished the race and so all that. Let's so. just go back over because Andy P's right. What I mean, and so was the other caller. What on earth were Ferrari doing? <sighs> what does yeah. the dishwasher do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who was in charge of the cannolis? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Where were they when their driver well, was coming into the pit line? I know it's a short pit lane. I mean, the only defense was right is that it was it was a last second strategic call, right? So it wasn't like they were saying, okay, be prepared. Around lap 20, you're going to do this. It was a last second. But but still, they've got to have trained for those things and go, you have to always be standing by your tire and, you know, ready to go. So, yeah. All right, guys, well, we got to take a break, and we'll continue the discussion after the break. Listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas, home of the Formula One United States Square Prix. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. 
for people who love cars. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, while we were at break, there is a little bit of breaking news. It's not a final decision, but we did hear that the... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, producer. Is that they've been summoned to the stewards in... For an arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to decide this with a good I'm old I'm going. afraid I'm going with Max on the arm wrestle. Leclerc, right? yeah, you Dutchman, I have you in my sides. <laughs> yeah, Max looks like he could take him pretty good on that. But yeah, in 15 minutes or at the top of the hour... So we're not going to hear it uh, before we go off the air, but apparently it's about to about to come down with a decision. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do we say at this point? We're just got to wait to see what happens. But uh, but hey, there are a couple of things that we did have on our list to talk about today to boys and girls here. Um, one thing was <laughs> about Honda. I saw an article about Honda and their. Their jet engine technology is, is this what won them today? Yeah, yeah. I, I just well, the way that would he went up that time. hill. Yeah, <laughs> he he blasted up like he had rocket power. But yeah, it's it's uh, the Spec Three engine engine introduced in the French Grand Prix. It featured upgrades mainly around the turbo and the internal combustion engine, and the 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 MGUH, and that's mm. the one. Uh, that converts heat and uh, from and from the exhaust gas into electrical energy, which is fascinating, by the way. I can't wait for this to hit road car technology. But that not only powers the MGUK, the kinetic one that can that can spin up the turbo on demand. How awesome would that be on your road car, right? When you say, "I want full turbo boost right now," uh, but anyway. Well, God, we don't have the magnesium glycerol, Scotty. Yeah, it's. I tell you what, it's probably. Very shortly, dilithium crystals. Excuse me, dilithium. But uh, but the, all of this, a lot of this technology, you know, it's all turbine, and apparently a lot of this is comes from Honda's um, jet engine technology. So they have a. They, I'm reading this article on Autosport.com, and and it uh, it reduce it reduces you know reliability risk, uh, efficiency, costs overall. So you know, who knows, man? Maybe. Jonathan, maybe what your prediction of the last couple of years, we may be looking at another, I mean, this is a big stretch, a big leap right now, but who knows, maybe a dominant era of Honda drivetrains and power units. I, I To be honest, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, like I said, they don't come to make the numbers up. They are one of the biggest uh, companies in the world. Obviously, Hondas are sold around the world. Look what they're doing in MotoGP. Um, you know, Honda are the mighty Honda. Um, and the Japanese... Look at, like I said, they'll be sitting around in Japan today after that win, going, "Okay, if you have now proven the concept, continue. Whatever funds you need to dominate the world, please do so." Um, and that is pretty much Honda's wherewithal. That's okay. what they do. So they introduced the engine last week. They won this week. What about the rest of the season? Are we going to see Max Verstappen on the on the top step anymore? Yes, I think so. Ah, that's a pretty bold prediction. Yeah, I don't the see year up to now. No, that's that's great. Hey, I would, I mean, uh, if any, if we have fans still listening right now, they're going, yes, we'll take that because, you know, Mercedes dominance all season. Well, we've said this that uh, when will somebody step up? 
you know, one of the things with Mercedes being out there so dominant when they changed motors, I mean, we, we talked about this all the way back to when Hamilton came to Mercedes that maybe he's looking out far enough ahead with using them, working with directly a manufacturer and driving for him because that's who's going to be studying and developing the technology themselves. Maybe that's the right place instead of a customer car. Mm. I think we're into that. Now we're seeing the manufacturers get there. The others always seem to lag behind, except for, you know, our uh, Adrian Newey and his aerodynamics. Beyond that, I think everybody's finally starting to collect and do what Mercedes has done for the past couple of years. Hey, Les, uh, one of our listeners just tweeted at us, and uh, Kevin said that you were right, that Christian Horner said it was an exhaust sensor about that fail code. There you go. There you go. Good man. That's why you get paid the big bucks. That's it. Both That's why, is it why you got the biggest brilliant. chair? Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you do it better than that recording. Who is that recording? Oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded good. Okay, I just want to... British guy. Yeah? That's how we are all labeled, sadly. Brilliant. Um, mayhem. Um, Philippe Massa. Nobody, just mayhem. <laughs> Philippe, uh, Philippe Massa and Jensen, uh, sorry, Jensen Button was the winner. Fastest lap was Philippe Massa in our Honda back in 2006. That was I, did, I was going to say, I didn't see them on camera today. No, that, that, that was the last. Okay, that was the last Honda Jensen win. Button, yeah. And Jensen Button, too. Yeah, you, you know, this, this really could turn in. This could easily turn into the biggest story of the year if the Honda powertrain continues to even get better. Yeah, I, and, and I do honestly believe that the combination of Red Bull, uh, Adrian Newey, Christian Horner, the team they've got now uh, in Verstappen, uh, Gasly is coming on. Uh, remember that three races in, we were calling for Gasly's head. Uh, I just mentioned at the beginning of the weekend uh, how Red Bull ruthlessly are cutting and shaping their junior team. Uh, they just dropped down Tictum. They just added San Antonio's Pato Ward. I'll say it again. San Antonio's Pato Ward. Yeah. Mexico's Pato Ward. Yeah. Patricio Award. Well, there's not much, you know, it's not much of a border between San Antonio and Mexico, and I'm all good with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, so I know we were all, th everybody was thinking it. After the race, you saw high fives from Christian Horner and everybody. Don't you know they are just going, they feel so vindicated in the decisions they've made with Honda and everything else right now with Max Verstappen. And I mean, yeah, they look like geniuses. Right you now. wonder what Ricardo's thinking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is the next thought that came into our head. But, you know, good day for Renault, uh, I say, uh, with McLaren, that is, with uh, Lando Norris. So, you know, that decision by McLaren, they dropped Honda. Uh, it wasn't working for them. The relationship had fallen apart. And the truth is, um, the relationship with Red Bull and Renault had fallen apart. So, you huh, know. I'd say falling apart is an understatement. Well, and, and that is, it's a marriage. Uh, and they are two very, very different, you know, you've got to remember, one's a ma manufacturer of engines and a, a huge car manufacturer, and the other is a race team. And, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they do get, uh, don't get on. Um, but that, that, therein lies the rub, so to speak. Um, you know, they just didn't get on. So everybody's happy, I suppose, with their new partners. And certainly Honda are back to winning ways. And that is a huge story. Hey, I want to shift gears a little bit. Jonathan, you had put in your notes 2021 rules. Is there some new development or just some new angle that you wanted to talk uh, about? Well, no, 
no, I, I would like to open it up because I think that it should be something we talk about every week, uh, which is, you know, uh, Hamilton's been quite vociferous um, in the interim um, between races. Um, uh, in terms of driver input, do they have enough? Should they have more? Um, one idea I liked discussed over the weekend was because we're all talking about how to make the sport better, right? And as Andy P said, you know, it's a day like today when you see great racing and, and a race that ticks all the boxes is what you want. But we still want uh, better overtaking. So one of the ideas that, in fact, uh, Paul DeResta came up with on the ESPN coverage was, should we use all three tyre compounds as we look ahead to the future? In other words, you don't need to change the rules. Everybody has those three compounds. Yeah, that's an easy one. And it means, therefore, that, and uh, I think it was uh, Josh Carr talked about this at the, on the pre-show, was uh, if you, you had to use all, like in, in India, okay, you have a prime and an option. You mm -hmm. have to use both, right? Even, yeah. if, you, even if you use the, the option just for two laps. And that means there is definitely a two-stop strategy. And so Formula One would therefore have to have a two-stop strategy and we're going away and we're getting closer and closer to one-stop strategies at the moment or at least one stop whereby you're literally doing a, a tiny stint and then the rest of the race, as we saw today, on the harder tyre. So if you had to use all three, it would make you uh, competitive one minute and uncompetitive the next. You know, what do you think? Uh, I am actually pretty comforted and I don't know how he's looked at worldwide, but thinking about Ross Braun, Managing Director of Motorsports, I mean, I know Chase Carey is the chairman and chief executive, but Ross Braun, I mean, I, I, he's pretty level-headed, super intelligent. And also very innovative in his own way. He knows he has been one of the greatest uh, users of the rules and innovators, how he won his own world championship with broad racing. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think he, he's the right guy for the job. There's no question. Yeah, that's, it's comforting, isn't it, to know that yes. you got a guy with his experience, his you know, intelligence level head, because, I, I, you know, we've had some clips of his interviews on earlier this year. And I mean, he is he's a brilliant guy. So hopefully he's machinating and going to come up with the with the perfect combination. And, and so but do you think that you that he would pull the trigger on something like that midseason, those tire change, the, the uh... Uh, not midseason. No. Uh, and in fact, they had a meeting, like I said, at the, at the over the weekend, there was a, there was a um a flag, if you will, or a, a suggestion to go back to the 2018 tyres. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. It didn't go through. Uh, and, and Christian Horner, who was on TV, said, you know, hey, everybody's got an agenda. And when you have a thing like that, no one's really going to, you know, vote it down. Also, uh, Eccleston says he could fix the sport <laughs> as well. <laughs> Bernie? No yeah. way. Now, well, what's he saying? Of well, course, firstly, he wouldn't be talking to the teams. It's like having a committee. You don't need to. You don't need to need a committee when making decisions like this. Ah, uh, you know, he did a pretty good job of actually running the sport for a long time. Uh, Hamilton says teams should have no say in F one rules. Hmm. We're going to have two championships. They're both world championship. One is constructors' world championship, and the other is the teams' uh, world championship. The drivers' world championship would not be affected in any way. Ah. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do want the teams to be part of it because we've got to keep a sanity checks, checks and balances in this being something that the team can carry out. I, you know, if they cut the budget to too deeply, 
and then they offer in some other items. The only people that are really going to make it are the people that can finagle things because they're a manufacturer. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, we'll it's, see. You know. All right, guys. Well, we are out of time. I, I, I want to open this discussion up. Yeah, right? let's keep it going, man. And, well, I, I, but what I'm saying is, over the next year. I want to have a discussion on this, and I think every show we should bring something to the table, and I think the fans should also uh, built in, uh, you know, should give their ten all right. cents. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and don't forget all of our shows go into podcasts. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and check that out, or go to your favorite podcast platform. They're all there everywhere. Thanks for tuning in, and of course, don't forget we also have our off week Formula One shows here live in Austin every Sunday night. So check us out, speedcitybroadcast.com. We will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trips. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.